Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for The Relic Grind, the Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. And we, gentlemen, ladies, everybody's, are one week away. One week away. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man. As always, we're going to talk about a little bit of fourteen stuff, just a a few check-in pieces as we await info on 6.45 and its release date. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Give it a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe, turn on those notifications, all the stuff that helps feed the algorithm. But most of all, throw a comment down there. Let us know what you think of the demo. We're going to talk about it. You know what I mean. The demo. There was a demo? There was a demo. If you need to know where socials are so you can join us live like chat is, head on over to readycheckradio.com. Upper right-hand corner is all the socials, and on the site is the backlog of every show. Joining me to do it all, Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. What's up, demo? <laughs> Greetings, program. <laughs> yeah, the demo for Foam Stars, uh, Foam Stars was awesome. Like, right. It was much better than I expected it to be, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we are gonna we're going talk- to mention that a little later, because funny you should say that. <laughs> Apparently, it yeah. is a lot better than many people thought it was going to be. We'll talk about that yeah. a little later, but that is not the demo. This is the oh. demo. Paul Berlin, a.k.a. Flynn. What's up, demo? Demo, demo, demo. Demo. <laughs> Demo, demo, uh, demo. I'm demo. I am um, a couple of hours ahead of you, so it's one day left for me to wait. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Next Thursday, the 22nd, uh, we will be partaking of the Final Fantasy 16 for those that purchased the game. Um, I have not pre-ordered it. I am still going to buy it. It's just I kind of avoid the whole pre-order culture these days, except for very specific things. Like Final Fantasy or 14 like expansions, editions. like... You know, I know I'm going to play the hell out of those. I generally know that it's going to be worth the money, like so I don't mind doing it. Uh, but even Square Enix titles, like I don't get suckered in by many pre-orders these days. The cultures they are a change in, and hopefully yeah. that's for the better. Hopefully that's for the better. Before we get to Tark and his three thousand dollar demo collector set, uh, demo demo demo. Let's talk a little bit about Final Fantasy XIV, because surprisingly, even though it's a bit of a dead period, there was, Tark, a little snippet of, or two of some Final Fantasy XIV news, including yeah, I was... some drama. <laughs> some drama. Uh. We got a mount. We got a mount. The Shadow Wolf mount. Now, this, this mount yeah. is badass looking. It's badass. Yeah, it's from the E10 and E10 Savage raid, right? But... Badass. Now you just ride around on it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. But a lot of people not exactly happy on where this is coming from, Tark. What's the deal well, here? Well, I mean, this uh, we got Blue Mage coming yeah. to level 80. It's going to be yeah. Shadowbringers content. So it's part of an achievement for Blue Mage, right? I mean, that seems... Well, I mean, that's apropos. what the internet you finished kind the... of suspected. You know, you got the 645 yeah. Blue I mean, Mage that's... update coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's got to be from that, right? I mean, it's absolutely perfect. And I'm sure, I'm sure they nailed the music. They put some Eden music in there attached to that mount. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be perfect, Mm -hmm. right? It is not the Blue Mage reward. 
It has nothing oh. to do with Blue Mage rewards. We don't know what well, those will be and if there will be said sussy. rewards. Uh, this this bad boy is cash up only, Flynn. Cash shop only. Another cruise chaser debate. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think you set a precedent now of if there's a raid mount that's not part of the raid series, it's cash up. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless it was actually part of the raid series when it yeah. launches, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, most of the internet, yeah, did think it was going to be Blue Mage related, which, I mean, you're guessing, right? You know, so you can't really be... It's not like they gave you hints that it would probably be Blue Mage and you misread the hints and they were actually hinting cash up. Like, there was no specific reason besides, hey, there's a mount, and they got to reward us for getting Blue Mage this far and sticking with it this long, right, Tark? They, they have to. This mm. makes sense. But no. Cash shop only. I'm, I, I, I'm not surprised. And and like I said, they, they did not nail the music. It is the generic mount music, unfortunately. They, they have yeah. so many opportunities to attach an appropriate song to all these mounts. And they just keep fumbling. I don't know if there's like copyright issues or usage you know can only be used in the instance or whatnot but um it's disappointing um and it's 25 bucks it's like uh i'm, right. I'm so glad that you and i have this budget collection of minions you know there if if we get a minion on the cash app it's like five bucks so yeah. i'll take that <laughs> yeah well and you don't even buy most of those like well you no, buy got, you buy I, the I cash, the cash ones. ones. you don't buy like the product I'd, ones yeah I, Except I'll for like buy, some of like, the, the books. books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got all the art books. I, I just can't spend 50 bucks for like a Blu-ray yeah. soundtrack. I just, yeah. it's just too much. It's just too much. So what are they going to give Blue Mages, Flynn? Uh, There's got to be a reward for that, right? Like they can't just, here's an achievement, call it a day. No, they, they can. Come on. I mean, they've they done it enough. They, they could, yeah. But I would like it's, to see them out. I would like to see give them given some sort of love. Uh, it's going to be an achievement uh, with a title or a glam weapon or like a glam hat. <laughs> so, hooray. Or it's a mount Feels version of the bad. umbrella. Feels or bad. an umbrella mount. Yay. Blue mage umbrella mount. Feels really bad. Hey. It does. Might see a couple of Yondu cosplays in 14 then. <laughs> right. On the uh, fun side uh -huh. of Final Fantasy, uh, let's talk Fantasy Star Online 2, <laughs> version 2, new Genesis, etc., etc., etc. A game very near and dear to my heart that I just don't play anymore since they new genesis it up. Uh, they are advertising their latest update, version 2, Uh one of the big features in there is like a creative system where it's basically how they already had housing, but this is like housing on steroids as far as being able to like terraform a bigger area, like huge creative aspect added to the game. And now, and I'm sure it's going to be one of those like things that a lot of people in the game like, but they are literally advertising this update on a, uh, a few billboards, Tark. In Los I Angeles, seen that before. in that Los thing's... Angeles and <laughs> Dallas, that looks that's oddly familiar. Did that happen with Final Fantasy Two? Final Fantasy, maybe like oh, I don't know, exactly a year ago. 
Yep, yep. Maybe. So fantasy Not Star Online pocus, poking a little fun at the uh, rain billboard back in uh, June of last year that was advertising like their dancing thing, but in fact had data mind costumes in it, which really set Square yeah. Enix off at the time. <laughs> fantasy Star Online, New Genesis version two, poking uh. a little fun at it. The best part of this, though, Flynn, was I tweeted this. I, we covered it on MMO Bomb, and when I tweeted the article, somebody took the picture and like zoomed in on that club uh, PSE burst text and was mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. look at that SpongeBob SquarePants font. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my uh, first thought. My first thought was... Uh, Someone had to get banned in 14 for something good to come out of it once more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love things like this, like when games go yeah. back and forth or when game companies go back and forth. Like, you know, it's why I like Wendy's Twitter account. Freaking love that. Yeah. Right. They're just so good. There's, but you can tell, right? Like, you ever see like the Wendy's one and you're like, that's funny. And then you see somebody else do something and you're like, that feels forced. Like, even in text, you can tell when it's like, yeah, that that's forced. Uh, this is just funny. This is, yeah, I I think brilliant on on their behalf. It is one of those things that they're like, just like, hey, we're paying for billboards, Tark. And if you know, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you get the joke, you get the joke. If not, it's just an ad. Like you, there's no lose there. <laughs> I should have checked to see if I still had the asset for our relic grind billboard. Oh yeah. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's probably there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably on my computer somewhere. It's fun. It is. It's fun. Uh, yeah, I love it when they play play around with like, each other and it's, hey, don't take each I other do too appreciate, seriously. You're yeah. a game company. Yeah, I do appreciate they also had the Discord link as well, yeah. just to make the effort yeah. billboard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's about it yeah. on the 14 front. I mean, how's your Savage going there, uh, Tark? Uh, we got 9S down. Uh, it was a little bit of a pita with the whole. Uh, limit cut and numbers and all that fun stuff but we got through it um that the demon castle man pandemonium is wow that is that is a little bit rough uh we're, we're trying to get through it but we're, we're just having i had some bad mental issues on tuesday let's just say that i i had a rough day rating day what oh, oh god oh uh, you didn't like snap at anybody did you no i so i i tried to do call outs and my brain was just not functioning properly. Like I was saying the wrong things and reading things the wrong way. So it was just, it was a bad day. I was like, I got to stop talking because I don't know what I'm talking about. Someone else oh. take over. They're like, all right, all right, we got it. Oh, you had one of those <laughs> days. Yeah, I had one of those days where it's like, <laughs> where seven. I can function with the controller. I can't function with my mouth. <laughs> seven people <laughs> muted and deafened you and were like, we need somebody new to call out. Like, <laughs> No, I suggested it. I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about, guys. Someone please step up because I just, I am not feeling it. Uh, did you ever good. get your, how, how are you doing on Island Sanctuary? Like, did you farm that or are you just kind of? Uh, where I am rank 14. It takes forever to gain a rank. Um, someone did suggest to me a path to like manual leveling. Um, nope. Gather up. Nope. I'm out. Nope. No, wait, wait, wait. So, <laughs> so gather up some materials uh craft the um catching stuff you know the nets and stuff and then catch animals and release them catch animals release them and then kind of repeat that so you're not doing the same thing over and over and over again 
you're getting XP from a couple different sources and kind of doing a rotation of that. You're doing the same three things over and over and over again in a cycle. But to it's avoid not doing one the thing. Same one thing. Not over one and thing. Over and yes. Over. Nope. Yes. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> You know That's what? what workshops are for. My yeah, exactly. For on my side, it was like I don't know how many ranks are open on day one. You know, I didn't because the last one was one level, right? And uh, and then this one, I was like, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't care. You just whatever, whatever my workshop gets me, we'll get there, no problem. So I'm like closing in on eventually, ranks. yeah. I'm closing in on fifteen now. I think I'm like halfway to uh, to fifteen into 14 i know flynn you were stupid crazy gatherer you were like 14 rank 14 on day one have you polished yeah, that that's off just because i ignored my workshop for months before he, prepped, I he prepped his workshop oh, that's yeah what i'm halfway to 16 i've got my new workshop and uh landmark being built now so that that's on, that unlocks at 15 right 15 yeah 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 so i'll be doing those soon couple of days maybe a week type deal yeah how's the, gets there, gets how's there. the rating on your side there uh flynn 11 strike ptsd oh we're getting to 11 strike constantly <laughs> just scam through it is a pain right now a little bit of a pain put a pet behind it and mike will grind central yes i will i will Luckily, but I was able to just, I am yeah, yeah, but luckily those were in the shop you, without ranking up. Like I just walked over and bought them. Boo, 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 boo. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I haven't looked at, and I'm hoping is not the case, is that there are more hidden behind those levels that come in the shop. I, I don't know if there are or not. I never looked. So. I'll, get there. Not I'll get there. I think it's just it's, a mount. Like, I think I it's just a mount. Yeah, well, there, there was a new mount on day one, too. Is there, yeah, there's is another, another map. Gotcha. Yeah, there's one yeah. 16 as well. I gotcha. The one thing I can't stand grinding, though, is Baron for minions. Even for minions is the 24-man raids. There's still, like, that's my biggest gap in minions is those stupid 24-man raids. Uh, I just, when they drop, I can't win them. And then it's like, uh, do I run another half hour to take a stab at maybe getting this again? This feels horrible. So, yeah, that's my biggest gap. I got to get on that. I got to get on that. Hey, there was some uh, Final Fantasy 16 news this week. I don't know if you guys know. They were talking about, like, mm. releasing a game next week. Final yeah, Fantasy yeah, yeah. 16 from a creative business unit 3. We're going to take this, I think, gents, let's take this in two parts. Because uh, I'm sure, sure we all have a ton of um, ideas things we like, things we didn't like about the demo itself. Uh, so let's set Home that stars? aside for just a minute. And we're, let's talk about the stream itself because they did, you know, their multi-hour live stream. And it was kind of neat, like from top to bottom, right? All the info info was right off the bat, which was good and, and intelligent to them. Here's the demo. Here's what's going to be in the demo. Here's some of the extra stuff we're putting in the demo. Here's when the demo will release. Here's some Torgal stuffed plushies you can buy. Uh, but then, then they did different panels and things like that, and you know, talking about combat and things like that. But the stream had a, there were a number of videos released uh, subsequently with the stream as well. So I'm gonna play this first one, gents, while we just say, like, Tark, what did you think of the stream as a whole? This like kind of launch celebration five or six hour stream. To be fair. I skipped it. I just 
didn't care. Like, I know the game's coming to come out. I'll take a peek at some of the information that came out. This trailer was just weird. It seemed like one of the typical Sony productions. It was just like, they just, I was like, oh, the Ifrica was cool near the end of this. But like, I was like, oh, this is, that is hashtag not my Clive. Flynn, the stream itself, top to bottom. Did you watch the whole thing, part of it? I watched did you watch it live? Did you go back? How, how did you? Yeah, I watched the keynote live. I was just hoping that the demo would be released during the keynote. So I was like, yeah, it's going to one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's fine. I watched over the keynote. Then they allowed the demo was at 9 a.m. I was like, right, I'm going to sleep. I'll wake it up at 9. I'm not staying up till 6. Then an hour sleep to download the demo. No, no, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it started at 6 p.m. my time, which kind of worked out. Uh, we were on our way back because it was, what, Sunday night? Um <laughs> We were on our way back from Canada from a Final Fantasy TCG tournament, uh, Torchwick and I, and we got home just in time to kind of put it on and watch the keynote and everything. And then I watched some of the subsequent panel talks like in bits and pieces over the last few days uh, individually. I would like have them on as white noise. What did you, Tark, you didn't like this, this live action trailer for the movie. Do you just like not like video games doing this type of thing? Did you not like this one in particular? What what was it about this? I I like it when they do it well, or it's kind of a spoof kind of trailer. Like, I don't know if you saw those God of War trailers where Ben Stiller is dressed up as God oh, of War. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Those, we, we took them to Gaming Gumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LeBron awesome. James and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, John Travolta. It was per it was great. Um, this kind of like they're trying to make a live action, but it's like musical based, and it really doesn't have anything to do with sixteen until you kind of get to the end and you got that big ifrit, and then that was kind of cool. But like, it was just weird, and it seems like a Sony thing more than a Square thing. Like, I think Square prefers the in-game trailers versus this big live action production to make it seem like it's more than it is i guess i loved this trailer eh. not as a marketing tool though like i don't think live okay. action trailers sell games in any way shape or form unless you're okay. already interested in the game right like I watch sure. this and I already know about Final Fantasy 16. I know when it's coming. I know who this character is supposed to be representative of. I know the big dude he's fighting at the end. Like I already know so much of these things. And so the live action trailer just holds more interest for me. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was cinematic. I love the the music stuff in it. From a marketing standpoint, it's a total freaking waste of money. Because if you find value in this, it's because you probably already are following slash thinking about buying the product anyway, and it doesn't show you anything that's going to sell you the product if you're even remotely smart about video games because you're like, well, this is a live-action trailer with 10 seconds of flashy stuff put at the end. That doesn't show me anything about the game. Maybe it leads you to search other stuff. I don't know, but I loved it. I thought it was very well done. So we've got two broad-spectrum opinions there on... Opposite sides, Flynn, break the tie. Do you like this? Do you hate it? Uh, I like it for the uh, for a separate reason of just watching it in the mirror. I want this to be a TV show now. <laughs> Give me the Final Fantasy 16 live action TV show. I'm going to come back to that one. <laughs> I'm going to come back to that one when we talk about the demo. Uh, let's 
let's put a little pin in, you know, I, I do see the point. Like, you TV look talk. at this and you're like, this, this might make a good movie or this might make a, t- a good TV show or something like that. Let's put a little pin in that one. Because yeah. I, I think yeah. you can... I think you can go watch Final Fantasy 16 on TV right now if you think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, the other trailer we got, and Flynn, we'll let you start with this one, is the what I assume is the final trailer besides some type of official launch trailer, right? We've kind of been getting this sequence of trailers, this one called Ascension. Uh, setting us up for launch. Where did you fall on this one? The first, I thought they had already shown this one during the uh, keynote. So I was watching it just before the show went live. But this is like a Devil May Cry showcase. Yeah. Uh, this mm-hmm. is right. This is I am 16. Oh, yes, I'm down. <laughs> like, yeah. just hands on with a demo doing some of the combos you can do there. It's like, oh, hey, this is pretty cool. Then you watch this, like, oh, okay. Tark, was this one a little, did this wet your whistle a little more? Yeah, this one, this one was pretty, pretty sweet. Um, very action-packed. Showed a lot of the combos and just frenetic pace that uh, the battles can be. It, it, it feels like this is going to be one of those um, hard-to-master type games. So, like, when you master things, they're going to be so flashy and, and just awesome looking on the screen. And this is trying to showcase some of that, plus, you know, some of the monsters and just everything that's going on is just... I can't wait for this game to come out. One more week, it's just get this too soon. Let's go. And then... Here's some B-roll courtesy of Tark of the demo. We get to the demo itself. Okay. Yeah. About two hours-ish of story starting at the beginning of the game. Your progress will carry over uh, should you wish it to do so. And then once you've completed that story portion, which again, they said two plus hours if you're burning through it, you could do it in like an hour. If you were being sightseeing, which I really was doing, like I was just trying to get the camera to go to weird places and see through cracks and windows and you just see what was <laughs> on the other side, watching sky boxes. Yeah, it'll take you like two hours or so. Uh, kind of setting up the beginning story with Joshua and Clive. And I wouldn't say there's like spoilers in here, but there are kind of reveals, right? The, yeah. that we did not gain from previous trailers uh, on story beats. Um, once that closes, you can do what's called an icon challenge, and that jumps forward in time a bit and gives you another vertical slice of Clive at an older age. That was the most intelligent thing they could do with this demo. Without that iconic yeah. challenge, Tark, I actually think from a gameplay perspective, this demo was boring as hell. From a, we, from a, a story perspective, we'll set that aside for a second. I'm talking about just pure gameplay, learning about the combat system. Without that iconic challenge thing at the end, this demo would have been boring as hell because it's literally mash square, occasionally press S, uh, R1 or triangle, and mash square and walk in a couple straight lines through a couple environments. Um, so it was really smart of them to jump ahead and say, okay, let's give you now a full skill set and a little bit of a story beat that you can run through and a boss to fight um, so you can see what this combat looks like a little further down the road. Uh, I agree. I 
if just taking the two parts separately, um, the first part is more, hey, get jacked because this is what the story is going to entail and it's going to earn its mature rating. Like you see that in the first. <laughs> Within like, like eight seconds, minutes. they were like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is it? You... Benedicta comes <laughs> around the corner and just yells, you cock. At a guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then like three lines later in a different scene, it's just five F-bombs in a row. Like, okay. I, was, I think it was eight. Minutes I in. was like, okay. We're five minutes in and we've earned our M rating. There it is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then all the death and blood and the war scene. And yep. that was just, that was good too. So yeah, they, they've earned their mature rating right out of the gate. Um, you're right. The, the combat wasn't all that engaging. You know, I you know, tried to learn a little bit with what was given, you know, not just smashing the square button, you know, square, triangle, square, triangle, and yeah, trying try to do a little combo. Magic bursts and stuff. Yeah, trying to trying to weave that in, get that going. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to sink your teeth into what this combat could do, it's that iconic challenge. I was a little overwhelmed with that iconic challenge. Like, I, I feel like for m myself... Uh, Yoshi P has talked about how they're going to slowly layer things onto you. They're not going to just dump stuff onto you all at once. I think I'm going to be very appreciative of that because I, it takes me a while to learn these kind of systems because I'm not very Twitch oriented, you know, with that kind of gameplay. So right. I, I'm going to need time to build up that skill set uh, to be proficient where that kind of challenge. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I managed to muscle my way through it, but uh, it, it's it's going to take some time for me. But it was it was great when with yeah. what I played. Also, Flynn, when in the keynote, Yoshi P did talk about, hey, they made the joke about it being dark, right? Like he was implying that, <laughs> hey, the first yeah. few hours are dark, you know, light wise. But then he went a little further and you found out he was like, oh, he's talking about the tone. It definitely is dark. But he also <laughs> said, hey, you know, because the first two hours of the demo are a very story driven. There's a lot of cut scenes. That's why we added this thing later. Uh, very, very smart decision at the end of the day. Yeah. Completely agree. What I oh, yeah, left a last impression, man. I walked away from this demo. I haven't stopped thinking about it. <laughs> All right. So me let me get a couple of my gripes out of the way. Right. Okay. Generally speaking, I'm very positive about their stream, and I enjoyed the demo from a broad perspective. And I think I will enjoy the game. That said, I walked into this feeling like this isn't going to feel like Final Fantasy, something we have discussed on this show ad nauseum. Sure. It doesn't. To me, it just doesn't. Not only does it not feel Final Fantasy in the whole aspect of the very obvious, right? It's not turn-based. It's more action. It just, and I know I only have a snippet of the story, it does not feel like Final Fantasy. It, it, to me, it doesn't. That doesn't mean I don't like it. I do. I want to see the rest of this story. But I feel like I'm playing a live-action Game of Thrones, that's just kind of the way, and I know yeah. Yoshi P has talked about him and his team using Game of Thrones as like creative inspiration and stuff like that, and I'm all for it. 
I'm all for a Devil May Cry action combat. I'm all for a Game of Thrones political intrigue, infighting across five nations. Like, I am 100% on board. But man, it just doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy to me. It just doesn't. And I don't know if I'm being, like, too critical on that aspect or if I'm too set in my old ways and give me pixels and <laughs> and, and turn-based gameplay. Like, but I was okay with the 7 remake. I know a lot of people weren't. I was. I was okay with 15. I think 15 was like kind of as far as you could take a more action-oriented combat but still tie in some turn-based roots uh, with, with the way that 15 works and 7 remake kind of working a, along a similar fashion, a little bit different, but for the most part, the same type of hybrid. I, I, I Torchwick and I talked about it afterwards, and it was like, we knew it wasn't going to feel like Final Fantasy, but we're surprised at how much it doesn't feel like Final Fantasy. It's not a bad thing, but if you are looking for a Final Fantasy numbered game and you have the experience of 15 prior to this, I just don't feel like this fits in the mold. It's something I I, I would have liked. Give me Clive and Joshua, a Final Fantasy story, and all of my gripes go away. Like, that's how yeah. mundane this gripe is at the end of the day, Flynn. Hmm. To me, it does feel Final Fantasy. Yeah? I, I acknowledge but, that maybe it's just me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't it, I think it's the Dragoon scene. That thing just cemented it for me. That Kane Highwind pose. Yeah. Just that dive down. It's just like, yes. For yes. me, though, Whoa. fan service doesn't make something a Final Fantasy game. Putting a yeah, chocobo yeah. in it doesn't make it a Final Fantasy game. Putting a mog in it doesn't make it a Final Fantasy game. The Dragoon, absolutely astounding. The pose on the pole, yes. Absolutely loved it. Giggled like a little schoolgirl when I saw it. And there are other nods in there, too, if you're looking. Uh, the one obvious nod, wait, where the, the Wade and Taylor, when they walked over to Clive... Uh, I was, and they were going to go with you. Was I was like, Biggs and Wedge. Yes. Thank you. It wasn't just me. Ow. I was like, oh, these two dudes are totally named Biggs and Wedge. And they're like, Wade and Taylor reporting for duty. And I'm like, no, no, you're no, Biggs and you... Wedge. <laughs> it's the British equivalent. All right. <laughs> you totally missed the mark. You're Biggs and Wedge. God damn it. They'll be in there. They got to be. Now to ask both of you this. Did yeah. you expect to need the controller as fast as we did? After the presses start. Wait, what? Um, From the press new game to actually uh, needing to input a command, do you oh, expect okay. it to be that I fast? See. Yes, I actually did. Yeah. Yeah. Again, because the game's pushing towards a more get into the action, you know, Yoshi P's mentality behind this. Yeah, I fully expected that. Uh, I also love the music in this whole thing, by the way. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Sogan's talents really shine with us. Yeah, Sogan's doing an amazing yeah. job. And there's like the the one of the the songs right off the bat has prelude as an underscore. So like it does not boot <laughs> up with do 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 it doesn't boot up with prelude or anything like that. But in the underscore for the one of the very first songs playing during a uh, war scene uh, down below yeah, the your whole... characters, you can hear prelude underneath the main melody. There's some really creative layering and the music going on. The way it's delayed as well, where it's drawn yeah. out and darker. Drawn out, darker, the game oppressive. Is beautiful, yeah. Tar. Oh, yeah. It Absol is absolutely gorgeous. gorgeous. 
I was happy to take this footage uh, for this B-roll and and edit it a little bit and just be like, God, this this game's so so pretty. I wanted to I wanted it to be like ten minutes, but I know I had to sh- shorten it down a bit. So. <laughs> Absolutely uh, gorgeous. So what do you think good, of the demo so as a whole, Chris? Uh, Chris, I gave a couple of my gripes here, and I'm going to go into some good things too, but. Oh, okay. Let's let's take it into the two parts. Um, we already talked about that kind of challenge, and I thought I just I I need time to build up to that kind of skill set to really enjoy those kind of fights. Um, so for the first part, which is mainly story focused, uh, I liked that because I feel like we still need to get into the world. That mother is just a piece of work. Um, I won't go into <laughs> many more details, but that mother is just a real piece of work. Um, the Archduke is like, I could have sworn that I heard Sean Bean voice. Oh there. my God. It's oh. so weird. You said that I actually fucking pulled it up on my phone while I was playing. I was like, is Sean Bean in Final Fantasy 16? And I'm like, because I know what's going to happen to this character. That alone, and so I'm and pretty alone, sure it probably is Sean Bean. <laughs> that alone, you know, saying is, is Sean Bean the voice voice actor for the Archduke? That alone is a spoiler. So we'll leave that alone. Um <laughs> I like that items can be seen from a mile away. Uh, you don't mm, have to be like searching around like rocks. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm happy with that. Like, I feel like these these zones are going to be pretty big. So to be able to, I, I don't need things hidden. I don't need to be micromanaging like diving around and looking under little rocks for little tiny shinies like fifteen. The fifteens shiny approach man was just is just too much like i'm like staring at the ground when searching for quest items it's just it's just ridiculous so this maybe maybe it's too much to the other end for you but i'm appreciative of it because i also know that the zones are going to be probably pretty big um when we get into exploration yeah it's it's uh, it's one of those hard ones to judge for me right now though i'll give you that sure. because there there's so few hiding spots in what we were able to go through in the demo right mm-hmm. it is pretty straightforward there there's not a lot of exploration going on uh a little more in the iconic challenges you're going through the castle uh but in the like the initial story part it's pretty straightforward uh, as far as your chance to explore. And yeah, those zones are going to open up, which means they can hide them in different ways, right? Like yeah. they could still have a big, shiny, you know, pillar of light on top of them. But y- unlike in the demo where it's like you could see those from a mile away, they weren't hidden. It was like in a building that was missing half a wall. So it was easy to see. Yeah. In, in a real or in a second story yeah. that you didn't necessarily see on. So yeah, I think like those will be better hidden and stuff. But to me, those things, Flynn, are kind of are one of the reasons to explore. And so I don't think they can be as obvious as they are in these starter zones in later zones. I don't think that would make any sense. Yeah, we'll, they'll probably hide the chests a lot more sneakily. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, I didn't say because drops. the chest just kind of had a little blinky on it, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, like the chest ridden, whereas the rest of the items are like your, your potion, so you need to be able to find them. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's the approach, I think. But yeah, they'll. They're smart cookies. They'll know how to hide things. Is the, is the, the demo and the story doing it for you, Flynn? 
It's probably the best prologue to a video game I've ever played. Wow. There's a take. That is a take. Hmm. Trying to trying to dispute that, but I'm like, hmm. Like, whether it's a Final Fantasy or not, you put this slice in front of me ex- with the story, with the music, the acting. Story-wise, um, I might agree me. with you, but like, we, like Mike and I talked about the the combat is very bare bones at the beginning, so it's it's a lot of yeah. Square to me, mash and... to me, I hope that picks up quickly because yeah, I guess it could become overwhelming. Whatever, jumping from almost nothing to almost everything, or at least having like all ability slots full uh, and mm-hmm. able to use is is a weird jump to do, no doubt. But um, I hope it picks up a little a little faster um, because I do find the early game combat to just be dull on the flip side. I'm a little worried about my ability to dodge. <laughs> Change the cultural type. I, I did that and it's, it's a world it's of difference. Not that at all. It's just reactions. Not, yeah. Okay. If I'm fighting like bosses, like the Benedicta fight, right. And there's mm-hmm. very MMO ish telegraphs and board things going on no problems there right but what i found happening was in close quarters with regular enemies everything i was doing was so flashy that i could (laughs) not see when they were doing something (laughs) like just regular sword strikes and things like that also i think the some of that also comes with i got attacked from behind um in ways that i yeah, I could see a red arrow, but I never realistically had a chance to navigate and be able to dodge. So, and that was more in like regular swarms of enemies than bosses. Like bosses, yeah, I would duck yeah. in, do my thing, stagger them, back out right before the stagger ends, and then that way, if they got up and tried to strike, I wasn't there, and then away. But like in the group swarmy enemies, I was a little worried, and I'm like. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna get yeah, hit I, because I was not like using like the set. accessories or anything like that. I was just playing au natural. Yeah. I think Suparna and Charada was more difficult than Benedicta for that reason. Like, you have one target, but then you have another one swirling behind you. You don't really see what's going on there, um, and it was such a tight room with raid mechanics also going on. So you're like, ah, I gotta dodge this, but then the other bird that you're not focusing on is also doing stuff to you. So. Yeah, I see. Do you I see where you're you mess with the sensitivities on the analog stick? No, I, I, I left everything I default to, for the my my playthrough. I noticed that uh, during the first tutorial, it's like right, this is a bit slow to look around. As soon as I knocked it up, even just on the horizontal, so you could flip behind you faster, it made life a lot easier for the dodging. I, but the mages in the castle were just a nightmare. <laughs> I dodge. changed the the control scheme for dodge to be on circle, like. Having dodge on R1 was a little weird to me, so moving that was a lot better. I think it only feels weird because R2 is so important. Mm. Holding R2 to to go into your icon abilities, like that feels... Unless you play with a claw grip like this, you're constantly (laughs) using the index finger on R2 to pull the window up and then hit square or hit triangle to use the iconic abilities... And then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I got to dodge. And all of a sudden your index finger has to jump back and forth. Um, and that's flipped with the other control scheme. So your 
base attack and your magic attack are R1, R2, and your enhanced abilities, you hold square and then use R1 and R2. Yeah, so, so you're swaps it, basically. Those. Yeah, and then the dodge is on circle, which just feels easier with the thumb to do, so. Yeah. For me, it is. No, I'll have to like check it out. I who... left everything default, so. Yeah, if you play like the Soulsborne game, swapping it yeah, to R1 R2 right feels there. a lot more fluid in that way. But I do wish it was a bit more customization with I do uh, too. Buttons. I was thinking, I wish I could map this combo to this, but and maybe that changes in the main game and just not in the demo. Um, I'm, I'm not hopeful for that though. So all in all, the demo for me. I mean, I was already going to buy this to begin with, right? Let's not fool ourselves here. <laughs> I was already going to buy this to begin with. The demo did, however, make me more excited to buy it. Again, Good. setting aside the caveat of it just does not feel like a Final Fantasy game to me. It feels like a fantasy game and an mm -hmm. action fantasy game. And I'm totally on board and okay with that, but a little disappointed on the Final Fantasy aspect of it, thinking like, I get you. Is this no longer a series for me? Is this more a I'll look at each one and maybe buy some and maybe not buy others? And uh, this one I will definitely buy. I definitely will. And I'm excited for it. I, the game is beautiful. The music is beautiful. I'm okay with the combat. Um, I like Devil May Cry games. But it is... If this is going to be the future of these games, I am a little worried, though, Flynn, that the story is going to be kind of run-of-the-mill fantasy. Like, it literally feels like Game of Thrones. Like, not only was it their inspiration, they were like, let's make a Game of Thrones game. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's just multiple thrones, and we'll call them crystals. Uh, the demo gets an A-plus from me. I absolutely loved it. I can't wait to play the game frowny face that it is a Final Fantasy mainline title. It just doesn't feel like that to me. It feels like a fantasy game. Flynn, what's your final word on the demo? Yeah, Doc Holliday an giving it an A in chat as well, too. Yeah, definitely an A+. plus. But I think we are being purposely misled with the story. Because think Yoshi we're is doing his classic bait, we got bait the Clive story. <laughs> we have seen the Clive story. But uh, even with the law system, there's, there's something to do with the crystals that's completely separate. But I think there's going to be an overarching story behind the scenes that just takes us in ways that we can't expect. And that's where the Final Fantasy silliness <laughs> will come into play and go, okay, here it is. Here's Necron in the final chapter. That kind of out of the ballpark thing we're not expecting. For you literary buffs, by the way, there I believe what's go there is some dramatic irony going on. Um, where you as the player know things that Clive does not. Yeah. Um, and you kind of get that idea the way they cut the, the first demo and the vertical slice mm -hmm. that they throw you in in the iconic challenge. Uh, you kind of get the idea he's hunting somebody, and you know who he's hunting, and it's ironic but he doesn't know who he's hunting. Um, and I think, you know, there could be a... Doc Holliday agrees with me on there. Yeah, there's there's a dramatic irony going on. Again, it's Yoshi P. Flynn, to your point, we could be getting the old bait and switch where he's setting us up for something. But I just feel like Clive is looking for somebody, 
And he's not going to be happy when he finds out who that somebody is at all. Tark, what's your final grade? What'd you think? We tried uh, not give to this- give away spoilers, by the way. So <laughs> Yeah, we tried. Maybe alluded to some things, but yeah. Uh, I- I'm going to give it an A. Um, there's been a lot of thumbnails I've been seeing on YouTube. This is my Final Fantasy. I'm going to have to go with you that I-, I don't think this is my Final Fantasy. This is a Final Fantasy. Um, but this is not what I grew up on. I'm trying to appreciate what they've, they're giving us, but this is not what I grew up on. This is not um, what Final Fantasy is to me. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm going to enjoy the game, the, the hell out of it, but I, I feel like you're, you and my, me, Mike, and maybe Flynn, like our Final Fantasy is maybe gone the way of the Dodo, and we got to look forward to Final Fantasy IX Remake, maybe the purported Final Fantasy X remakes, and be happy with those. Um, I, we just might not get what we want uh, anymore from the series. So let me pose this final question, then we'll finish up with just a few Square Enix things. We all agree sure. that it seems like it's going to be a damn good game. We all agree yes. that we're on board. We want to buy it. We want to play it. We want to experience the story. We're cool with the combat. We can't wait to see the end game stuff. Like that is all positive stuff. But is there a concern? Like, when was the last Final Fantasy to you that is, I don't, I hate to use this word, but what was the last Final Fantasy talk to you that was iconic? Like, when you say Final Fantasy to somebody that is even remotely familiar with Final Fantasy, they immediately think of a game. And I think, for the sake of, you know, making this ex, uh, expedite this a little bit, we can all agree that like four, six, seven, they may not be your absolute favorite. That's fine. But you, I think you would have a hard time arguing all three of those are iconic. Eight, probably not so much. Nine is going to depend on the crowd you're talking to. Like, what was the last iconic Final Fantasy? And if Final Fantasy going forward takes this route more similar to 16 than not, Will they ever really be an iconic game again? Or will Final Fantasy be a good game in the vein of Devil May Cry and other action games that all get lumped into that God of War, that all get lumped into that category? What do you think, Tark? Uh, I'm going to say the last iconic. Because I played the hell out of 13, and I loved it, but to reach that iconic status, I think the last one we had was 10. I could make maybe an argument for 14 being on that level. Um, yeah, but that's but kind it's of iconic in a different being, way, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like it, an it, iconic it's, MMO. It's, yeah, that's that. it being an MMO throws a wrench into that. So the last standalone Final Fantasy uh, iconic would probably have to be 10. Um, it had all the right beats. you could say that everything everyone had their own job yeah it was it was great and it had the twists at the end that just pulled on the heartstrings so it was it was a pretty perfect game it was awesome if final Final fantasy in the future is more like 16 than not can they ever achieve another iconic one or are they relegated to being you know really good action story games in uh in a pool because now they've kind of removed themselves from an rpg pool and put themselves in direct competition now with god of war 
Devil May Cry, you know, those types of action titles. Sure. They're now competitors. I, I think the... I might have to just look towards Rebirth and its conclusion, but I can't grade that until the whole uh, three-part series is done. Uh, remake was a good step, but Rebirth and, and the finale, it might le reach that iconic status, um, especially with the uh, Final Fantasy VII pedigree. Um, but we need the whole kit and caboodle to make that judgment. What do you think there, Flynn? Yeah, 10. Ten. Simple answer, yeah. <laughs> but to the second question going forward, if it's like this, you know, God of War, God of War Ragnarok, the storytelling now has blown me away. It's another franchise that the story has left such an impression on me the same way Final Fantasy X does. Because the thing I remember most is never the combat or the action, it's the story and how it made me feel through the journey. And I think 16 is definitely going to do that. I think it has to, right? You've now moved yourself into a bigger bucket of competition. Yep. You, you did that hoping to cash in on a younger audience and get them to come along for the future of Final Fantasy. Um, and now you've made direct competitors out of some of those <laughs> iconic games. Uh, where before they weren't competitors. You would buy God of War and you would buy Final Fantasy because they were two totally different things when you needed a different flavor. Now, if if Final Fantasy 17 or 18 slips a little bit on story, which yeah. is, I think, what we all think maybe gives them a little edge in this category, God of War is probably so more solid now too and and keeps evolving, by the way. Yeah. Like God of War actually does evolve with the times. You've made competitors out of some really challenging games that weren't competitors. You have to do something to stand out above that. You can't just latch on and or now now as Takao said in, in chat earlier, you're trend chasing. And honestly, I think you're a little behind on this trend anyway right now. But hopefully it'll all work out. I'm excited to play it. Uh speaking of Sony and God of War. A little tale of two companies for you, Tark, this week. Or three companies? Yes. <laughs> Sony <laughs> has said, hey, Jim Ryan from Sony says, hey, man, our partnership with Square Enix never been stronger. Never been stronger. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with them. Talking about their collaboration <laughs> going all the way back to the start of PlayStation's existence. And that Square values everything, that both companies, they value everything they do together and Square's commitment to their brand and business. Now, obviously, that's a lot of buzzwords because the two are, have a big title coming up together and stuff. On the flip side, <laughs> uh, from the Xbox side of things, Phil Spencer, uh, in a Giant Bomb interview, uh, said, hey, I remember five years ago was when is Atlas going to come to Xbox? So it was awesome to see three games at the Xbox Game Showcase 2023, Capcom announcing a new IP on the stage, also coming to Game Pass, which was great. And I say all of that, and then I can look at my friends at Square Enix and say, oh, come on, I got to get on an airplane again. Uh, with all that in mind, talking about uh, those companies, he went on to say, I love the progress that we've made. I think about the work we've done over five or six years there, Japan, but there's obviously more work for us to do. So a bit of a tale of two companies when it comes to wheeling and dealing with Square Enix and other Japanese gaming companies. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, 
you know, the, and Sony being a Japanese company, they had the inroads for these Japanese com- companies. Yeah, they've gone more to the West um, and Jim Ryan leading the way. Um, him being English, I believe, right? English? I don't know. Oh, well. Anyways, um, and adopting more, you know, Western studios, um, but still keeping those yeah, English, uh, Japanese ties. Where Microsoft has been Western heavy pretty much since its inception, they'll get a few Japanese titles here and there, uh, like Lost Odyssey and um, others. Um, They even got Octopath Traveler. I wish that would come to PlayStation. Um, But yeah, they got some work to do to really build those relationships. And and I hope that they do work it out because I do want to see Square Enix titles on all platforms. I, I don't want anybody to miss out just because they don't have a particular system Flynn you feeling bad for Xbox uh, the buzzword in with Japanese studios is a fun one uh, I was just quickly brought up the cumulative unit sales for the Japanese market PlayStation 5 is at 3 million and the Xbox Series S and X combined is less than half a million ouch and ironically yeah. that's better than they've done on previous systems yeah. Yeah, it is. Exactly. So uh, it is a lot of case of when uh, they release Xbox games, it's usually done for a third-party developer because they want to have in-house Xbox units after time for the development. Whereas, you know, PlayStation, obviously not as strong as Nintendo across the board in Japan, is a much easier system to bring into the market. And globally, PlayStation also does well. So <clears throat> it's one of those weird things I think it's another reason why we don't see 14 on the Xbox. Is is like for half a million consoles in Japan, how many people are actually going to play it on Xbox over there? So I think there's some marketing decisions uh, based on the Japanese home territories. Baron bringing it up. Funny, Sony has this exclusive while hindering Microsoft Activision for exclusive concerns. All right, that was like their big thing in front of all these governmental bodies on the Microsoft slash Activision Blizzard purchase was the exclusivity deals particularly worried about call of duty whatever i uh, mean there's there's buying exclusives uh, on individual titles and there's buying a whole company to make all of them exclusive but you know to, yeah yeah eh. sony's done the same thing they just didn't buy square enix i mean <laughs> like yeah. they, they got all the square enix titles for exclusives or timed exclusives at minimum Sony can point to square and say hey no they're still publishing on on switch <laughs> um and every once in a while you will know, be a pc port and okay yeah hey uh foam right. stars is actually getting some really good early press funnily enough we kind of <laughs> mocked it here when all we had was you was mad you thought I was crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Flynn was the only one that was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this potential. a whirl. Yeah. Uh, multiple, I'm, I'm quoting from Video Game Chronicle here, uh, but multiple outlets saying the same thing from the Summer Game Fest that, hey, when they got their hands on it, obviously they were like, yeah, it's Splatoon except with foam. But they were like, it actually doesn't <laughs> deserve to be dismissed. It, it is worth looking at. Sure, it's a lot like Splatoon, but it's got a lot going for itself, including the way the foam changes the map, the way you can travel across the foam and speed across the foam and use it as walls or gain elevation and stuff like that. 
the main game mode is a 4v4 affair, but when one team gets to seven kills, the person on their team, excuse me, um, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I got to make sure I get this right. I got to make sure I get this right. Uh, okay. After a team achieves player. seven kills, the top performer on the other team becomes the star player, and then you got to kill them to win the match. And that's kind of resulted in gameplay where people are saying, hey, we got seven kills, spawn the top player real quickly, and we're trying to chase them down, and in the process, got killed seven times, and now a star player was spawned on our team, and now it's a frantic chase to try and get that last kill. So a little bit unique on some of the gameplay options. Honestly, it wasn't just Video Game Chronicle, Tark. It was multiple outlets all saying the same thing. And you, I thought of you. I was like, I'm surprised. <laughs> Tark has to be stunned. I, I am completely stunned because I was just so dismissive. I was like, maybe I'll get this for my kids and we'll have some good couch co-op times. But it's looking there might be some meat on these bones. Maybe we actually have to check this out. Maybe this is more than just Splatoon. Um, I know I was down on the other cleaning game. I, that's what it, like, this Foam Stars, it's like, it feels like that cleaning game just... Power Wash Simulator? Foam, I, yeah, 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 that thing. Just, like, whatever that is. That's not even a game. It's... Flynn, you were... I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to say, boss. Stupid. Like, you seem to have the pulse on this one. No yeah, I just want to be Bjorn's one now today. It just worked out. <laughs> it just worked out. Hey, I'm going to show you guys one last thing, and then we're going to head to uh, Love It or Leave It. This logo for Star Ocean, the second story R, was very, very briefly up on Square Enix's sites, both on the Japanese... Awesome and English site. So it could be like a Star Ocean remaster. Uh, it was on their support website, and then minutes later, taken down. So it's pretty cool. No, this, was, this was my Star Ocean getting into the series. Uh, I was working at Blockbuster. I'd rented it a couple times. That was awesome. Um, then I got to the point where it wasn't being rented. So being a manager myself, I made the decision that I was going to put it out for previously owned sale and then since i knew it was for sale i bought it right away that's weird that's weird <laughs> let's head over and do love it or leave it love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of the relic grind here it's where i give you something square enix related could be a game a feature in a game a press release something they did or said or even just something tangentially related to square enix and you tell me whether you love it want more of it or leave it cast it aside never to be seen again gentlemen now that you have played the demo for final fantasy 16 if this style of game was guaranteed to 100 percent be the future for the final fantasy mainline franchise would you still love Final Fantasy and pick up every title, or do you leave it and maybe grab a title here and there throughout the years? Love it or leave it, Flynn? On the caveat, it has the same design philosophy of story first. Love it. Uh, I mean, I don't think really you're really allowed to just add caveats like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, just this, this, that's not caveats. how love it and leave so it works. That's only a maker 16 is story first. <laughs> what about you, Tark? Oh, man, this is so hard. I might have to go with the the leave it and take it on a case-by-case -case basis. 
Um, I think, I, think like I do I, too. It, yeah, I, it's just like I iterated. It's this is not my Final Fantasy. I think that's gone the way of the dodo. Um, so yeah, it, it might be where this might be the last one I pre-order, uh, and I just have to wait to see how things play out and how the game is before I. Start p- picking up mainline titles. It's such a weird spot, though, isn't it? It's like, it I'm is. super interested in this game. I cannot wait to play it. But, man, it feels weird. Like, like it's such a weird spot to be in. I think I would have to leave it to just as a general, hey, the next Final Fantasy is coming. I don't even have to see a trailer. I'm going to buy it. Like, mm-hmm. that's the way my life has always been since I became a Final Fantasy fan. This does yep. kind of change that dynamic for me, even though I'm super interested in the game itself. You know, I'm not necessarily automatically pre-ordering Final Fantasy 17. Um, I'm gonna want to see some stuff first, so I'm, I'm gonna have to go with think, the leave I it think, in the same regards, like case by case. I think basis. Yoshi, I think Yoshi P has nailed it. Like, I think they're gonna pick up a bunch of people that have not maybe tried a Final Fantasy. This is gonna be their first. This is gonna be their Final Fantasy, and they're gonna love it. And maybe explore yep, more maybe. of Final Fantasy. Um, but you. Y- there is give and take. Um, the, the more you get from that end, I, I think you're going to lose a, a few of the diehards that you know yearn for that turn-based story goodness. Um, and it's not exactly we'll like something you can go back, right? Like, if you do this and you do I mean, get this influx of a younger audience that you seem to be aiming for and stuff, it's not like the next one you can go, okay, let's go do the turn-based thing. Because then that audience you just inherited because of this change you made is looking for the next game to be more of what they loved about the old one. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you go turn-based on them. Like you can't you can't really no, realistically I... do that unless 16 just doesn't generally sell to the audience they're hoping it sells to. And it's us diehard fans, whether you're 20 or 40 or 60 or 80 years old, doesn't matter. The diehard fans that are saying, hey, that was fun, but that's not Final Fantasy. Let's pull it back a little bit. It's going to depend on, do they actually nail that demographic that Yoshi P has spoken about aiming for? And I don't know if they do. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they do or not. Um, I think we just might have to look forward towards remakes. Um, like, like 9, yeah. we were hoping for 10, um, is now in the, in the rumor mill. And uh, side stories like Bravely Defaults or Final Fantasy for Heroes of Light, stuff like that. So... Chat, don't go anywhere after the show. We'll take the stream down for a minute or two and bring it back up with Faye Death. How are you, Faye? I'm good. How about you? I can't complain. What are you playing tonight? Uh, We are back again in Icewind Dale because we keep making really good progress and I'm having a good time. Are you going to play Final Fantasy 16? I might. I might. It's been a while since I've been into mainline Final Fantasies, but what was the last one? Pretty intriguing. Oh, man. It's been a while, probably like nine. Oh, PS One era. Good one. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, if you got to end on one, that's a good one to end on. Right. Right. I was. I was always more into like the side games, like tactics and stuff. Those are uh, more my good jam. shit. There. Uh, all right. No. Don't go anywhere, chat. We'll have Faye up in just a few minutes. We'll be back, of course, next Thursday with another episode of the Relic Grind here on Ready Check Radio. But don't miss Gaming Gumbo this Saturday, talking about the week in gaming. Until then, Flynn, where can everybody find you? You can find me over on Twitch at Raving Crisis, YouTube at Raving uh, Crisis Podcast. We have got a new episode coming out this Sunday talking about Summer Games Fest and probably more chat about Final Fantasy 16. Tark. 
Make sure to YouTube all at Tarkov Gaming. Uh, playing Final Fantasy 14 most of the days of the week. And on Saturday, you can find me here on Ready Check Radio playing Final Fantasy 15 as we head to Altitia finally. Yay! I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, right on Twitter, and you'll know every time we go live with a podcast, Final Fantasy trading card game live streams, or any of our streamers or myself just hanging out having fun, you're always welcome. Until next time, gang, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Boom stars, it's the best.